0: You're listening to the Fertility Docs Uncensored Podcast, featuring insight on all things fertility from some of the top-rated doctors around America. Whether you're struggling to conceive or just planning for your future family, we're here to guide you every step of the way.
1: Today's podcast is brought to you by Ovation Fertility, a leader in the field of IVF lab services. Ovation partners with some of America's leading fertility specialists to provide a range of services to support fertility treatment, including fertility testing, IVF, egg donation, surrogacy, genetic testing, and long-term storage of reproductive material. You can learn more about Ovation at OvationFertility.com. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Susan Hudson from Texas Fertility Center, and I am joined again with my delightful, intelligent, just absolutely amazing co-host, Dr. Abby Evelyn for Nashville Fertility Center. Hi, everybody! And Dr. Carrie Bedient from the Fertility Center of Las Vegas. I'm getting totally tongue tied today. <laughs> oh, it's okay.
0: It's okay. We all do that every now and then.
2: How are you guys doing? Good. Just cruising along, marching through the holiday season like our. So are y'all the overachievers
1: when it comes to shopping for the holidays? Like y'all are the, oh, we're almost at Thanksgiving. I have everything done. Or are y'all more like, mm, we're getting things started type of people?
0: My rule of thumb is I really try really hard to do shopping as much as I can, like a couple of weeks before Thanksgiving, because... I don't know what it is about Thanksgiving, but when Thanksgiving hits, when Black Friday hits from that moment on, and of course, this was back in the old days prior to COVID-19 you know, when people would go out to malls. That's when just the crowds would hit. So I always try and get things done like a week or two ahead. I haven't been so good this year, but I did find last year with COVID, I got a ton accomplished just sitting at home in front of my computer going, OK, let me order this gift. Let me order that gift. Now I'm a little worried about the supply chain issue. So I'm not sure if that's going to work so well this year or not. But who knows? We'll see.
1: Got any good ideas for the season for that hard to
0: get person or just random gifts? Well, I got an awesome gift yesterday. So I have my first gift of the holiday season from one of my friends, and she gave me Advent wines. So it's a Ooh. box mm-hmm. with 24 bottles of wine in it. i would never seen that before. Apparently, there's Advent beer as well. And they're from like different places, you know, all over the place. I haven't really looked at them closely, but I'm like, what a great gift idea, <laughs>
2: I saw So they sell them at Costco and I had one of my patients, I had never heard about them until last year when one of my patients was like, okay, Dr. B, we have to time this because I have an advent wine calendar waiting for me (laughs) at home. And I know you're not going to let me do any of this until I'm done. And so sure enough, we timed, she needed to do multiple retrievals. And so we timed it out. So like, okay, you got the one, the one before Advent season, the other one after Advent season, And she was a happy clam.
1: <laughs> I have to say like, you know, it's not unusual for somebody to be like, Hey, can we plan my fertility treatment around blank? My Advent wine calendar is a first.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, she this is actually um, one, of, one of my favorite patients. Like <laughs> she's super smart. Like we go off on these tangents when we're talking in our consultations. And I'm like, yes, I can respect that. I can totally respect that.
0: But I haven't really looked closely at the Advent wine gift, but I think it's like a bottle of wine every day during Advent.
2: I think there's splits. Like they're not full bottles of wine. Oh, okay. Okay. They're the little guys. Yeah. Oh, okay. I haven't looked inside the box yet. It's not necessarily super friendly on your liver, but it's also not going to (laughs) land you in the hospital like a full (laughs) bottle of wine a a night would.
0: Because generally I don't drink wine every single night, but you know, maybe in Advent, maybe I will. (laughs) Technically that's only two glasses. Yeah. Maybe it'll make my holidays a little merrier.
1: (laughs) I think it's interesting, like with glasses of wine, like a bottle of wine, like I would, if I poured wine, normally a bottle of wine would probably be an average of six glasses. <laughs> I think it's always funny. Like, have you noticed wine glasses have gotten bigger over the last five years?
0: They have, like everything's gotten bigger. Yeah, plates
2: got have gotten bigger. Yes, and I support this trend. <laughs> I mean, I
1: appreciate it. I appreciate it. I, it. Number one, it gives me a reason to go buy new wine glasses. I'm like, ooh, that looks like the stingy glasses at this restaurant. I'm like, I want the big ones. But now, you know, You get a bottle of wine. It's only four glasses.
2: So I had a patient who uh, my partner and I both took care of her and she had kind of extenuating circumstances. And we both like hauled in on after hours weekend, like to, to take care of her and make sure she was good. And afterwards, she was so sweet. She gave both of us these gift sets and it was a coffee mug and some, some really nice beans that said before patience. And then it was a bottle of wine and a wine glass and the wine glass said after patience. Aww,
1: that's so <laughs> and cool. It
2: was, it was so cute. And I used that wine glass enough that I now, I think all it says is maybe patience or part <laughs> of patience because it it's washed off after multiple uses and washes, but I'm like, that's so, I mean, it just, it made me laugh.
1: (laughs) Very good. Well, let's go over a couple of questions today. All right. So our first question is, hi, I was wondering what is your opinion about acupuncture to help with IVF and IUI outcomes? I am also curious if any of your patients begin their fertility journey with a pre where they basically adjust lifestyle to get rid of toxins in their life and supplements to ensure higher quality of eggs.
2: So we actually have, and this is um, a guest who I'm hoping to get to come talk to us in the future, who she is an acupuncturist. And I work with her, or my patients work with her a lot, I should say. Um, and we, we send people back and forth frequently. And it's very common when people go to see her that she's like, okay, you need three months to get it together and that can mean nutrition exercise she has herbs that she puts them on she'll do her acupuncture regimen things like that but i hear about this pretty commonly with the patients that i share with her who are working with both of us
0: yeah i think i think it's reasonable to try and plan ahead i think it's good you know i think the traditional things that we think about are starting prenatal vitamins, folic acid, because I think most people sort of believe that if it's going to have an impact, it's probably good to have it in your system for a couple months before you get going. Um, and that goes probably for things like coenzyme Q10 and, and other supplements as well. I don't know that it's an absolute, but you know, certainly I think if you have health issues, certainly if you have diabetes, that needs to be under good control. Your hemoglobin A1c, which is the measurement of how controlled you are, needs to be in a certain range. Um, if you're heavy, You know, it's not a bad idea to lose weight ahead of time. There's certainly things that weight can cause a negative impact upon when you're pregnant and increased risk of C-section and preeclampsia and some other complications. And so, you know, I think plus just you'll feel better if you lose a few pounds. If you're heavy and, and you need to lose some weight, it's going to be better to lose it before you get pregnant. And so I think it's not a bad idea at all. You know, if you're somebody overall that I think is pretty healthy as a general rule, you eat pretty well, you exercise pretty regularly. I don't know that you have to take two or three months ahead of time to prepare for pregnancy. But for those people that kind of know they have some changes they need to make, that's probably not a bad idea.
1: You know, when I think of things that you should do a few months ahead of time, obviously, the prenatal vitamins, those types of things. If you're smoking, stop smoking, no nicotine. So when I say smoking, I mean any type of nicotine, whether you're dipping, vaping, what, whatever your method, using it as a patch, nicotine is nicotine. So like, don't do that. Realize, um, and not just to pick on the ladies, but pick on the guys a little bit. You know, if you're using hot tubs, saunas, those types of things, if you are using testosterone, if you're doing anything, smoking, anything. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Any of the marijuana, it's legal. We know it's legal. We still don't want you doing it. Smoking's legal. Alcohol is legal.
1: So, I mean, if y'all are listening to our podcast and you have not established care with a reproductive endocrinologist, like start those lifestyle things now because we're all going to tell you those things. And then it takes a few months for those things to get out of your system. So go ahead and do that. Make your appointment. Heck, for most of us, it's going to take a month or so, sometimes even longer to get in to see a reproductive endocrinologist. So use this time to do the things that your doctor, wherever you happen to be living, is going to tell you to do to get your lifestyle where it needs to be. Because... We're generally good at what we do, but there's only so much we can fight when we're fighting lifestyle issues that we don't have the tangible control. We can make you ovulate. We can maximize egg and sperm interaction, different things like that. But these things that we're talking about are, are going to give you your best chances. So one more little question. I was recently listening to another fertility podcast that mentioned the best time to test your urine with ovulation test kits is between 2 and 5 p.m. I've always tested first thing in the morning. Should I switch to afternoon to get more useful information for timing intercourse? My job is flexible enough. So testing in the afternoon wouldn't be a major problem. So,
2: yeah, I mean, when you're when you're going by all the packaging instructions, yes, it is, its it's an early to mid-afternoon testing time. I don't know that I've ever actually found the physiology behind why that is the case. Doesn't entirely make sense to me. The only reason I can think of is that if you have an increased buildup of LH in the urine overnight, they don't want you to do it right in the morning because you might get a false positive. But that is pure speculation rather than actually knowing the story behind the reason. That actually will probably be something i dive into to figure out why. The other thing is, I mean, you have five test strips usually, correct? I mean, usually most kits,
0: I give you five test strips. Multiple, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know that it's so critical that you do it then. It's just if you check it at the same time every day. And I mean, if you want to check in the afternoon, that's fine. But I think with the five test strips, you're more likely to pick up something because the luteinizing hormone surge takes a couple of days to kind of peak and then kind of go back down. So...
1: Yeah, exactly. And with that being said, sometimes we have patients who call in or who are testing multiple times a day. The LH surge is not a quick thing, just like what Abby was discussing. Your egg didn't
0: just shoot out fast. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Exactly. Yeah. So I think I I agree with you guys. Just let's do it once a day. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, today we are going to talk about dealing with infertility during the holiday season. Ooh.
2: This one's a loaded, loaded one, uh, for so many reasons. And it's, it is not an accident that virtually every fertility doc clinic that I know January is our busiest month and a large part of that. I mean, some of it is just the logistics of the holidays. People are a little less likely to go through or the timing doesn't work out quite right because of holiday travel and visitors and and all of those types of things, but there's also a huge surge in new patient visit appointments because everybody has encountered great uncle Frank, his inappropriate comments, and his inappropriate comments, and grandma saying, When do I get my next baby? And I mean, there's a, I just saw a, TikTok or Instagram, something, whatever. And it's all of the inappropriate questions that people ask you of, oh, you just got married. Well, when's baby coming by? And well, aren't you going to give, you know, little junior a sibling so that, you know, they don't grow up alone? And like all of these things that are horribly inappropriate because the time, whenever someone asks you, when are you going to have a baby? To me, that translates to, well, are you going to have unprotected sex? (laughs) Like that's what they're asking. And it's rude. You would never go up to somebody on the street and say, so are you using condoms or birth control pills? Like (laughs) you just don't do it. And so there's, we see a lot of emotional trauma right after the holidays too, because everyone's dealing with inappropriate questions from relatives who, and friends and long time acquaintance and all that. Like they mean, well, they just, ah. Yeah. And I think the other factor, too, is, you know, you're sitting around the table,
0: you know, with your brother and his wife who've had, the you know, she's pregnant with the third child and all the little nieces and nephews are running around. And it's just it's really stressful time. I mean, I remember going through that a little bit myself when I was trying to have a baby. And it's just you kind of look at the world and you're like how can everybody do this so easily? And I have such a hard time. And it's just, you know, I I remember seeing somebody that had had a baby. And by the time I saw her the next holiday, she was pregnant with like the second one. And I was still trying to get pregnant with the first one. (laughs) You just feel like it just makes you really want to kind of avoid people. Um, Certainly, that's something you have to sort of think about. And I, I think maybe there are certain people that you just maybe shouldn't be around during the holidays if you know that they're going to be real nosy and asking a lot of questions but you know know that some of those people really are asking because they love you and they're concerned about you and they know what a joyful experience it is and they just are hoping that you're going to want to experience that but it does make it really hard and I do think there's probably certain people through the holidays that maybe just try not to see them or be around them as much because you know you know you kind of know what they're going to be talking about and it's going to be hard for you to to kind of deal with that.
1: There's this magic line and you have to kind of judge this with your family members or your friends that you're around. There are some people just like Abby said, you might just need to avoid them because there's nothing that you could say or do to kind of help them understand the journey that you're going through. But I also do think that kind of keeping it all bottled up and, you know, this is nobody else's business and and that type of thing that sometimes sharing a little bit of your journey can also help them understand. Like I said, there's some people that that's going to be an appropriate thing. And there's some people that that's, you know, there's other people who just quite frankly are never going to comprehend. I mean, I hate going to things where we're trying to educate people in the masses and, every other person comes up and is like, oh, I had no problem. And I don't know anybody with infertility. And I'm like, one in seven people have trouble conceiving. So if you don't know, you haven't asked the question or paid attention. And so there are going to be people that you can... You don't have to tell them all the details of you know what's going on in your love life, obviously. But there are going to be people that if you kind of share that journey, that it may end up being a blessing for you and them... Because heck, you may not know that Aunt Sally actually had trouble conceiving. And, you know, she's actually secretly curious if you're having trouble because she wants to share her story, you know, and and that type of thing. And so that's something to keep in mind. And, And it is a balancing act. I think most people who do make comments are not intending to be malicious. We all have those family members who are. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, it's one of those things of having to figure that out. Carrie, what are some things that you encourage your patients to do when they're facing things during the holidays?
2: So I always encourage people to have a therapist on backup, whether that is a formal therapist, which I think is really helpful, or the informal therapist. I mean, everybody knows who is the friend that they can text in the middle of the thing that they're at with all of the family who will give them the backup that they need. I think it's very helpful to have if you're going to events with your significant other or you know a close family member who does know what you're going through, have exit plans. And I don't mean exit like fleeing the party or the (laughs) gathering. I mean, exit plans like, okay, we all know there's the one family member who's going to ask the inappropriate question and not necessarily mean poorly by it, but also not mean well by it either. And so you figure out with your... Whoever's with you, like, okay, how are we going to get out of this conversation? What can we change the topic to and have a list of three or four topics that you can just click to and give a real benign answer and move on? Um, Have hand signals or, you know, if you pick up your purse or you shift it to a different way, like something where somebody can come rescue you. Like some of those those behind the scene things I always see in the British royalty, like the queen signals with her purse if she picks it up or she does right arm, whatever. Like
1: I love
0: those. I didn't know that. Wow.
1: Oh, yeah. Her handbag is a major
2: signaling thing for her security detail.
0: No kidding! Wow, interesting.
2: Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is amazing because how often would you just like to shift your purse to the other arm and have someone keep <laughs> you away from whatever conversation you're in? Like, I think that those kind of things are really helpful because you're going into situations with a backup plan. Yeah, and it's it's always good to let sort of your inner circle know. I think, like
0: Susan said, I think you have to pick and choose who you're going to share your information with. But it's always nice to have a close friend or close family member that can kind of help, you know, derail those questions as they come. And, you know, certainly nobody wants to be in a situation where they're about to burst out in tears. And so, you know, before you get to that point, it's always good to, to have, like, a, like Carrie said, a backup plan to get out of there before those things happen.
1: What are y'all's thoughts about doing fertility treatments during the holiday season versus let's put it off until the new year?
0: You know, I think that's an individual decision in terms of whether or not to do fertility treatment. I find that a lot of my patients feel better if they're doing something, you know, if they're just hovering or just waiting for January to come, sometimes it makes patients a lot more stressed. Then I have other patients who are like, you know, I just can't deal with all this. I need a break emotionally and physically, and I'd like to focus on the happiness of the holidays and not focus on my infertility. So I think it really depends on the person and it depends on what kind of person you are, whether you want to you know, plow through and you know, not waste December and, and you know, want to keep going. Or if you just want to take a break, I think there's nothing wrong ever for anybody really to if you want to take a month or two break, generally that's okay because everybody needs a little bit of a mental health break and
2: time to recover and, and focus on something different than fertility. One of the logistical things about doing fertility treatments during the holidays is what is your individual fertility center doing during the holidays because we're all trying to work with our own employees as well. And like for example You know, our clinic, in order to have our embryologists not have to come in on Christmas Day, which is what they have asked for, it means that we don't do stims the two weeks, uh, usually actually closer to two and a half prior to that point, so that all of the embryos are out of the lab so that they can have a day with their families. And it's, it is quite literally the one day a year where we can guarantee we have no embryos in the lab so they can be with their families. Every other day, I mean, medicine is a 24/7 kind of job, so somebody always has to cover. And so, your fertility clinic is going to have different ways of managing that. Some close before the holidays to make sure that that happens, some close during the the two weeks right around Christmas and New Year's. Like, everybody's a little bit different, but that is something to have a conversation with your doc about like, okay, what's realistic. And, you know, do I need to go on a birth control pill in order to shift my cycle so that I, as soon as you do, Get ready to open up, we're there. And so it's it is the one time of year, like this is when cleaning happens in the labs because we don't have chemicals around these embryos ever. And so we do all of our daily maintenance stuff, but it's the time of year. Painting, cleaning, all that stuff. (laughs) Yeah, like all the all the deep cleaning happens this time of year. And so your labs and your clinics are gonna have input on what they can do around the holidays as well.
1: One little piece of advice that I like to give my patients, because, you know, when you're sitting there in that middle of that two-week trying to conceive, you know, waiting your two-week wait thing, Mm -hmm. and you don't want everybody sitting there asking why you're not having a drink, is realize club soda, sparkling water, anything like that with a little, you know, wedge of lemon or lime with a pretty garnish having that in your hand, everybody just assumes you've got like a gin and tonic or something like that in your hand.
0: There you go. That's a great idea, Susan. (laughs) I love that. Her signals and seltzer water.
1: Her signals and seltzer water. Exactly. (laughs) Like how do you get people not to necessarily be asking you those questions? Because that's something, I mean, granted, this is what I do for a living, obviously, but like I'll be at events and I'm like, Hmm she's not drinking. What, mm, what's going on? And I mean, like, granted, I, I do think, you know, this is what we do for a living. And so we pick up on those things.
2: We're very tuned to it. Yeah. We're yes, very in yes, tune yes. to it,
1: you know, but it's a good way to kind of hide what's going on in your personal life. And, you know, it gives you something in your hand, which is always much much better than having
2: empty idle hands. That is a great practical idea. The other thing that we have done in the past is that we'll like my husband and I will both get the same glass of whatever, and I'll just kind of hand like sit there and I'll hold it. I'll bring it up to my lips. Occasionally won't actually drink anything. And then when he's like halfway through his glass, we'll swap. So it looks like I'm drinking, but, and people are like, oh no, oh, you, st- I see you still have some. And so they don't worry about it. They don't think like, oh, she hasn't touched her drink. It's a, oh, she's just going slow. And so it's an easy way to slide. And then you, you know, you walk closer to a sink and you maybe take a little bit out when nobody's looking. But that's another way to slide by and have something in your hand without people in your business. Making a big deal out of it. So I think we've covered a lot of good
1: things. I think, you know, we are all here for you during your holiday season. Your doctors are here for you. Realize you do have friends and family that you can share with if you need to. Um, As Carrie said, that official or unofficial therapist is Mm -hmm. going to help you in a month from now, we'll be past the holidays and everybody's going to have their new year's resolutions, which is great. And we love to help those babies come into 2022. With that being said, thank you all for listening. We really appreciate you listening to us and make sure that you go to subscribe to leave us a review in iTunes. We'd love to hear from you. We also are on Instagram and Facebook. So please hop on by and leave us a like or a follow to say hello.
0: You can also visit us on Fertility Docs Uncensored to submit specific questions. All questions will be answered on the podcast anonymously for the Ask the Doc segment
2: or even leave us an episode idea We'd love to hear from you. So don't hold back. As always, this podcast is intended for entertainment and is not a substitute for medical advice from your own physician. And we'll see you guys soon. Have a wonderful week. Bye. Bye. Bye everybody. We want to thank Ovation Fertility for sponsoring today's podcast. On the road to parenthood, many of our listeners find themselves in need of fertility testing, IVF, and other related services such as egg donation, genetic testing, or gestational surrogacy. Ovation is a one-stop shop for services that many people may need as they go through fertility care. You can learn more about Ovation services for hopeful parents at OvationFertility.com.